The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, telling the truth sounds like a pretty boring subject, but actually... It's the most adventurous thing we do. Telling the truth means first finding the truth and then being willing to engage with it to explore its meaning. And finally, telling the truth means really telling it with your mouth, with your body language, with your manifestations. Telling the truth to and about yourself is singularly the most effective way to open the door to the unconscious. But telling the truth is not necessarily what we think it is. Often we think that it is self-criticism, even harsh, punitive criticism. We think it is self-effacement in front of others. We think it's blunt criticism of others. The truth is, however, that telling the truth runs much, much deeper than any of those more shallow renditions. So today, we're going to find out how to tell the truth. And I want to announce before we go any further that, you know, last week we thought we were going to have Ayanna Van Zandt on the show, and this week we thought that we might be able to uh, get her to be on the show today, and at first it did seem that that was going to be possible, and I even put out a couple of Facebook announcements that that was going to happen, but actually it turns out she's in the air right now, um, uh, flying back, so is not able to do that today. We are trying to arrange a time for a pre-recording so that we can go ahead and get her on the air for you. So we're just having this long drum roll here waiting for Ayala to come to the show. And I wanted you to know about that. But next week we're going to be talking to Dr. Larry Dossie. So you want to be here for that. Um, He's going to be talking about his latest book on oneness. And that is going to be a very exciting interview. So today we're talking about the truth and what it means to tell the truth. Um, one of the things that I think we think most often about the truth when, we, when it comes down to telling the truth is that we think of it in terms of guilt or blame. And why is that? Most of us were raised to, to think in terms of, well, now you tell your mama the truth and you won't get in trouble. Um, or telling the truth would actually get you in trouble. So we have this idea about truth that has something to do with either blame or guilt. And we want to use it in those ways. I hear people very often say, well, to be honest with you, or I'm going to be real honest with you. And what, they, what, what I hear when they say that is, this next sentence is going to be honest, but everything around it might not be. Of course, that's not what they mean at all. But that's kind of what I hear when they say that. So it's, it's a little bit like this whole thing of honesty has taken on a tenor of, I do it when it works well for me. And otherwise, I'm not so sure I want to do it. But actually, um, honesty cannot be put into the uh, employ of manipulation. It cannot be put into the employ of inauthenticity. Honesty cannot be put into the employ of anything that we want to do that 
is not authentic. So uh, when we talk about truth, we're talking about uh, a really deep manifestation of who we actually are. You know, there's a passage in the Old Testament, in the Jewish Tanakh, in the Christian Old Testament of the Bible, of the Christian Bible, where uh, uh, we're being given Ten Commandments. And one of those commandments is to not take the name of the Lord in vain. And uh, very often that verse is translated to me, don't, don't say the word God next to the word damn it. Or don't say, um, you know, don't put uh, God's name into anything that you're just going to use it loosely. Um, and uh, that, that is, in my view, a very shallow rendition of what that actual, that actual text means. And when you look at the root language, you see that what it's really talking about there is the word, the Lord's name. The word Lord is I am. Uh, um, Charles Fillmore in the Metaphysical Bible Dictionary tells us that every time we see the word Lord in the Old Testament or the New Testament, we should translate it to be I am. Um, because of the word Jehovah, which is I am that I am, um, the Ipsaity, beingness, uh, all of that. So, I am is our, mine and yours, our utter beingness. And so, when we take the Lord's name in vain, we have taken on our utter beingness in vain. In other words, we're not living in our utter beingness. We're living in something else. We're living in something that isn't authentic. We're living in something that isn't truth. Okay, authenticity and truth are synonymous terms. And so, when I am living in my I am, I am living in my absolute beingness, which is the same as the beingness of the divine I am. When I am not living in that I beingness, then I am taking the Lord's name in vain. So, essentially what that means is, be who you came here to be. We all came here um, as Elohim, and we created ourselves anew as form, as remaining as Elohim, but now as form. And so, when we became form, we started thinking that that meant we were now different from the formless Elohim. And that's where all the problems started. And you've heard me talk about that a lot of times, so I'm not going to go into any more depth about that right now. I'll refer you back to any other program you want to hear about, particularly one called Duality. Uh, you might want to listen to that one. It was a couple years back. But it, uh, uh, where we're talking about the idea of truth, we have to understand that what we're talking about is our I am, the beingness that we are. So um, there's a scripture, a passage in... Um, in uh, the New Testament of the Christian Bible, in John 4, 5 through 14, where, um, and I talk about it in my latest book, Inhabiting Heaven Now, The Answer to Every Moral Dilemma Ever Posed, because it's so important to the understanding of who we are as truth. Um, and I want to talk about that a little bit today. The, um, the, the story goes like this, and I'm just going to read it to you from uh, the text of, of what, Uh, my particular version of the Christian Bible says. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. Now you have to know that Jacob's well, this is an aside, Jacob's well has been used many times throughout the Old Testament, the Jewish Tanakh, um, as a meeting place for men with women, which is very interesting. It's also a place of, of course, providing water. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. 
for his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman therefore said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I'm a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you? Who gave us this well, and drank of it himself, and his sons, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. So when we talk about that whole thing, about uh, this whole journey with her, there's more to the story because later... What he says to her is, uh, she asks him that question about who, who basically he thinks he is, and, and um, she, she answers that, um, you know, um, that, that she wants to um, know more about him. And he says, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said well, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. So she goes running back to the city, and she, br- and she brings people back saying, this man must be a prophet. He's told me my story of my life. But later, she's talking with him some more, and he says, the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must, spirit, must worship in spirit and in truth. So ultimately, what happens there is that this woman is uh, has to tell the truth in order to find out more about this living water that Jesus promises her. She had I wonder sometimes what would have happened if she'd have said to him, oh yeah, okay, I'll just go get my husband. Because she could have. I mean, many of us would have. Many of us would have said, would not have told this strange man that he, that we'd never been married, that we weren't married to this man. Uh, because in that day, it was shameful. To do that, it's still sometimes in in our day shameful. Although many, many more people are committing to partnerships that don't involve marriage, but uh, uh, so so she actually just tells him the truth, and he says, "Okay, well, you've told the truth. That says that you're ready for more." And so he tells her that ultimately, what's going to have to happen is truth is going to matter. Truth is going to matter more than anything else because the divine is spirit, and the spirit is in the body as well, and the body must tell the truth. So in that kind of alignment, what we're talking about with regard to truth isn't, you know, whether or not I criticize myself and say, well, I've been bad today and hang my head and feel ashamed and tell myself, oh, I need to, uh, I need to, you know, chastise myself for doing something bad because that's actually not the truth. I'm, I may have uh, uh, gone off my beingness i may have operated out of inauthenticity but i haven't been bad because there's no such thing as bad and there's no such thing as good there's only true or false either i'm living in my true self or i'm not but we have decided based on the duality trans state that that means that we can be bad that because we're separate from the divine we can be bad and we can be good and therefore when i do x then i'm bad and if i do y then i'm good but we were the ones that came up with those terms nothing in the uh, root language of the text of the Christian Bible or the Jewish Tanakh says anything about that. And that's one of the things I talk about, a, a lot about in the book Inhabiting Heaven Now, that what, how we've interpreted um, these passages, it, it comes from 
the mindset of the duality trans state. Our very interpretations of these texts come from the duality trans state. So we have misunderstood the meaning of many of, much of what we've read. The truth about truth is this, and I'm going to talk a lot about this today. Truth is a medium of grace. Truth is a medium of grace. Grace is defined herein as um, that uh, powerful force of divinity within us all that allows us to, to effortlessly be in our I amness. It allows us to uh, slip sometimes into our I amness and, and then realize that, oh, look, I'm in that. I'm in my grace. I think of grace and my I amness or my beingness as synonymous terms. So truth is a medium of that. And truth actually gets me there because truth opens the door to the unconscious. Truth does not accuse. Truth does not ever accuse anyone of anything. Not me, not you, no one. Because all accusations come from the spirit of division. Um, uh, if you've if you've looked at the book Inhabiting Heaven at All, uh, Inhabiting Heaven Now at All, you know that there's some a uh, whole pa- uh, chapter in there about our definition of Satan and the devil and what that actually means, as opposed to what we've been taught it means. Actually, what it means is self-accusation. When we are Satan, when we are being Satan, we are accusing ourselves of not being divine, um, and that is the only accusation that is. There is no other accusation. And so when we're accusing ourselves and blaming ourselves and saying, look how bad I've been, we're not telling the truth. We're not telling the truth. We are blocking our way. We are the adversary. We are the accuser, the false accuser. So... Uh, so telling the truth when, 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 you know, I see people who come to my office and they want to tell me uh, about their lives and, they, and what they want to tell me very often is all of the things that they've done that are shameful, that they feel a great deal of shame about. And they're trying very hard to release those things and to forgive themselves for those things and to allow themselves to live in spite of those things. And yet they feel that, that carrying that shame is truth. But actually carrying that shame is the lie. It is the accusation that we are not divine beings. So I want to be clear. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't look at what we've done. I mean, obviously this woman admitted to Jesus that she was not married to this man. And Jesus went on and told her that she'd been married to several other people. And uh, this one she was not married to. She was just living with. And um, she went back, back to the town rejoicing. Not shameful, but rejoicing in the fact that she'd been told the truth about her life. And that is when we know that we have, um, we have actually access to truth, because truth comes with a power punch of peace. Um, when we tell ourselves the truth, um, we may feel a, a, a shameful component rise up. It may be there. That self-accusation might come up. On the other side of that, however... There's a sense of, oh, yes, this is truth. This is peace. When truth comes up, peace comes with it. And that's why we can look at the hardest, most difficult things in our lives and own them completely and even learn to cherish them because they, we, we can recognize that, yes, there's that self-accusation. I see it. 
But that's not all that's happening here. What's also happening is my peace. And when that happens, we, we can know that we have fallen into grace. We have fallen into truth that is the medium for grace. We have fallen back into the I amness that we are. The only, I want to say this again, and I'll say it again before the show's over, the only um, accusation that is, has any um, power whatsoever over us, it has no merit, but it has power over us, is that we are not divine beings. That is the only accusation. Everything else that comes behind that, every other accusation, is just that in a different form. You're not really a divine being. You're limited. You're stupid. You're, you're sinful. You're bad. You do bad things. You make bad decisions. You, if you let yourself go and just didn't hold on to your morals for dear life, you would fall into this terrible person that we, we know that you actually are. Um, you're not doing good enough. You're not measuring up enough. You're not doing enough good for other people. These are all the th- words we use to accuse ourselves of not being good enough, not being worthy. But uh, when we look beyond that to see what we're really being accused of, what we're really being accused of is not being divine. And that's the lie, the only lie. The only truth is that we are divine beings. We came here as divine beings without form. We developed ourselves anew as form. And because we're form, we think we're not the same as formlessness. But the journey here is for us to unite formlessness with form in a way that that form recognizes itself also as divine. So the body is going to ultimately understand itself to be divine as well. And nothing else but that will be the truth. So when we come to understanding who we are as divine beings, the truth of who we are will out. It will ultimately out. And... um, we will continue this journey lifetime after lifetime until we finally know that we're divine beings. And as divine beings, we will evolve then to another creative endeavor. We have not yet finished the creative process here on planet Earth. And that creative process involves our, uh, our ability to come to know ourselves fully in terms of our divine nature. So as divine beings... We are, we will do, we will come closer and closer to that awareness as time goes by in the fullness of, of each lifetime, the fullness of understanding ourselves as divine beings. So, um, when it comes to this whole process, we're all in that process. And a part of the process of coming to terms with truth is also coming to terms with the lie. So when we come to terms with who we are, we also have to come to terms with who we're not. And who we're not is not divine. (laughs) We're we're not um, limited, fragile, um, empty, sinful, bad, lost human beings. We're not that. We never have been that. We've just thought we were. And because we do, we act as if we are. And because we act as if we are, we prove to ourselves that, yes, indeed, that must be the truth of who we are. And so there's this perpetual cycle in which we're constantly proving the lie over and over again. And yet, even as we're doing that, the process of the truth within us is unfolding as the medium of grace. And we are constantly changing and evolving into who we are as divine beings. So that process will never end and it will never fail. And that is the truth. That is the truth. So we're going to be back 
in just a minute to talk some more about this truth. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We're back. And most of you know that the Authentic Living Show has been sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology for quite some time now. Today, the college has a very special announcement to make. We are announcing the opening of our 2014 curriculum today, which many of you will find very interesting. We are now offering you a greater variety of programs and more in-depth studies of the courses of studies you choose. You already know that you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree at AIST, but now, at the doctoral level, we offer not only the PhD in all of our programs, in all of our programs, not just the holistic theology program anymore, but we offer a doctor of ministry degree in all of our programs as well. And in the holistic theology program, you can also get a doctor of theology degree. But that's not all. The programs themselves have changed as well. Now you can get a degree in holistic theology, holistic health, holistic ministries, metaphysics, and parapsychology. And that's still not all. 
Now we have added more depth to your education by offering a greater number of courses that start at the introductory level and move all the way to the advanced level. For example, in the Holistic Theology program, you can take Judaism 1, 2, and 3 with each level offering a greater depth of understanding. Or in our Parapsychology program, you can take Psychic Skills 1, 2, and 3. Those are just a few of the examples. You can get the whole picture by going to www.aiht.edu. Or if you'd like to talk directly to our admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality. Utilizing as your text-writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, as well as to become credentialed to bring their own unique gift to the world. So AIHT is changing the world one student at a time. Want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800 650 4325. Again, that's 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. So, uh, speaking of Oprah, we're going to start today uh, making announcements about her upcoming Super Soul Sunday series. Um, that's going to be in the next segment, so stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss that. Uh, these shows are so exciting, and I look forward to the new seasons every year, and this new season is coming up this coming Sunday. So be here for that. And uh, we're talking today about truth and what it means to tell the truth, uh, not the shallow renditions of truth that we've been taught to believe truth is, but rather to the, the real truth of who we actually are as divine beingness. So the challenge isn't, as we said in the beginning, to um, tell somebody all, the, uh, confess to somebody all of your sins. That's not the truth because there is no such thing as sin. Um, th- it is not to uh, go and tell somebody about all their sins because that's not the truth. Again, there is no such thing as sin. It isn't to tell somebody how they should correct their life because we don't know what their life is supposed to hold. And so how can we tell them the truth when we don't even know the truth about what their life is supposed to hold? Um, It isn't to correct someone or correct ourselves. All of those things are the lie. We already are the salt of the earth. We already are the light of the world. We already are divine beingness. We just don't know it. And the truth is coming to know it. So when we come to know the truth of who we are, then what we do is we develop our awareness of who we are. So how does that happen? How does a person begin to develop their awareness of who they are? Well, I said that truth is a medium of grace. And so grace is going to always be involved uh, in our ability to open ourselves more willingly and ably to the truth. Um, And just as it was with Jesus and the Samaritan woman that we talked about in the first segment, where he, they synchronistically met up. Um, he is the masculine image. She is the feminine image. He, as in a metaphorical sense, goes to the feminine, his inner self, and says, I'm thirsty. I need the water that is the living water that never, never makes me thirst. So what he's, what he's saying there is, I'm aware that right this minute I might not be so fully aware of myself as divine beingness, and I need to be refilled, refueled, reawakened. And so he, he speaks to this woman and says, draw for me this water. 
And, of course, then the dialogue ensues from there and ultimately ends up with him saying to her that um, ultimately the only way to attain to divine beingness, to reach divine beingness, to connect to divine beingness is to, to be in truth. And to be in truth is to be in that same thing we talked about when we said uh, do not take the Lord's name in vain really means do not live your life as if you're not divine. Um, uh, so when we're living in divine essence, when, our, when we are living in our divine essence, we are in that grace. Now, what does divine essence feel like? Most of us think that and have been taught actually that divine essence has no um, fear in it. It has no anger in it. It has no... Um, um, negativity, quote-unquote, in it at all. Well, the reason we think in those terms is because we think in the duality mindset where um, negativity can exist and positivity can exist. We, the life can be divided up. We have, cha- in the New Thought movement, in uh, the New Age movement, also in the New Age movement, and also in the Human Potential movement, we have sort of changed the terminology, but we mean the same thing. We have changed the terminology from good and evil to positive and negative, but it means the exact same thing. Um, and what we mean by that is if I'm thinking negative thoughts, then I can't access the divine in the same exact way that, that in traditional thought we are taught, traditional Western, Western thought, we are taught that um, I can't um, access the divine if I haven't forgiven other people, or I can't access the divine if I have some sinful thought inside of me, or I can't access the divine if... All of those ways that we continually shut ourselves out of our awareness of who we are as divine beings um, says that we are not uh, able to see ourselves as divine beingness. And so we've come up with these terms, good and evil, and the term positive and negative, both of which mean the exact same thing, and they prohibit our awareness. There is no such thing as positive or negative, okay? I'm going to say that again. There is no such thing as positive or negative. We've only made it so, and we've lived into it so long that we prove it to ourselves over and over again. And any mythology that we prove is is true to us. In the same way that for centuries we thought that the uh, that the sun revolved around the earth instead of vice versa. We thought that because that was our mythology, and we believed ourselves to be the most important beings in the universe. Therefore, the sun must be revolving around the earth. How else could that be? We thought for centuries the earth was flat, and that you would reach a final point, and you'd fall off of it. Columbus and others proved that to be false. Um, So when we believe something, that doesn't mean it's true. (laughs) And it isn't truth when we believe that positive and negative impact our ability to recognize ourselves as divine beingness. Now, what positive and negative do do is they keep us in the blindness. They keep us in that state of not being able to see that we're divine beingness. They keep us in the uh, uh, locked down place of limitation, um, sinfulness, darkness, inability, uncreativeness, um, unwillingness, um, even doing all kinds of things that we, you know, can definitely look at and go, well, that's terrible. How could you do that? Uh, yeah. Do we murder people? Yes. Do we, is genocide uh, still happening on planet Earth? Yes. Do these things happen? Yes. Uh, am I denying that they happen? No, I'm not. I'm not saying they don't happen. I'm saying they happen because we do not believe that we are divine. We believe that we are separate from the divine, and therefore we can be evil. We can be negative. And because we can, 
we can do these terrible things. And so we proved to ourselves that, yes, indeed, we can. So there it is. There's the truth. I must be separate from the divine because I'm acting like I am. But if we change the belief, everything would be different. Just like when we change the belief that the earth was round, we began to travel the other side of the earth. And we can travel the other side of the earth in our conscious experience when we begin to understand who we actually are as divine beingness. So um, now, so when I say to you that there, there uh, when we say, well, is there negativity in divine beingness? There's no, there's no negativity or positivity in any of it. So um, I could have a feeling that might register to duality as a negative feeling, but in the divine state of awareness, it's not a negative feeling. It's a feeling, but it's not a negative feeling. It's not a bad feeling. It's just a feeling. I can have an impulse to go do something like go get drunk again or go yell at my neighbor or whatever and I would look at that and go, well, see, that's bad. Now, how can I sit close to the divine while I've got that bad energy going on inside of me? Well, that's one way of looking at it. But from the divine perspective, it's not bad. It's just energy. It's just energy. And so when it is just energy, then it can be useful to us. Then it's like, okay, what can I do with this energy that will bring me to further awareness of who I am as a divine being? What can, I, can I turn it into a loving act? Well, I don't know. But uh, I don't want to fake it. I don't want to pretend that I can turn it into a loving act when I can't. What I do want to do is just be with it. Just be with it long enough to hear its message. What is it really trying to say? I know first it wants to say, well, I'd like to go bop, bob in the nose. Okay, well, that, that's the first feeling. That's the first attachment that comes with it. But what's under the energy? What's that energy about? Is it about fear? Is it about um, sorrow? Is it about the uh if i'm if i don't bop bob in the nose then what's going to happen to me um so i'm basing my life on or at least part of my life on whether or not i have the guts to go bop bob in the nose you know instead of basing my life on the divine energy that it is so when i can pull that back and just be with it then what i do is i allow it to speak and i give it the time and the the um the openness to speak. I, I let it register as an energy and just go, okay, there you are as energy. I see you as energy. I know that part of that energy wants to act and wants to go bop bob in the nose and thinks that that's going to somehow save me or prove something to me or make me a better man or woman or something. But actually, it's an energy. So what is the energy trying to get me? And what it might be trying to get me is a new way of living that says, you know, um, I'm going to start relying on this energy that I've considered to be angry to make it into uh, a channel for my own growth or for something that I can give to the world. Maybe I want to bop Bob in the nose because he's been unjust and unfair. Well, okay, so I've got a passion for for creating fairness and for creating justice and for creating compassion. So let me put that to use and let me use it. Okay, so... Um, in that way, then, now I've transferred that, I've channeled that into something that's very useful. So there is no such thing as a negative thought or a negative feeling. There is no such thing as a positive thought or a positive feeling. There is only energy, and it's all divine energy. So 
what I'm not saying here is live in the illusion that everything is sweet and and um, and uh, let's just live this Pollyanna existence. I have talked to people, and you've heard me talk to them if you've listened to those shows where I've actually said to the person, isn't that kind of Pollyanna? And one of their responses has been, well, so what? At least I'm happy. Well, the so what is that it's not really transferring energy. It is it's just sitting there going, well, this is not really what I think it is, so I'm not going to look at it. Let me not listen to any news. I don't want to hear the bad news. I don't want to hear um, that, uh, you know, there's a terror, uh, a jetliner that's maybe been terrorized. I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to know about murders and deaths. I don't want to listen to that. On the, I won't watch any TV shows that show me that. I don't want to hear anything that's going to make me feel negative feelings. And uh, what that does is just shut down your existence to the point of not being able to take those feelings and turn them into something useful. So when we say, no, I, I'm not saying that we should sit around and listen to the news all the time, be overwhelmed by it, and just be, uh, you know, encaptured or enraptured with it, um, uh, enslaved to it or obsessed by it. I am saying that shutting ourselves away from the energies that are around us is just another way of saying, I can't be divine unless I do X, Y, and Z. I am not really a divine being. There's things I have to do to get myself to that state. But being divine, being, divine beingness is not a state. It is who we are. It is the actuality of who we are. And so we don't get there by putting ourselves in a peaceful state where there's only positive feelings, where there's only bliss. We get there by being with what is and allowing that energy to speak up enough so that we'll know what it's trying to tell us. And then putting it to use by letting grace to put it to use. So um, that is the truth of our existence. The lie there would be to say, I have to go bop Bob in the nose in order to feel better. I have to go tell him off before I'm going to feel better. I have to um, um, make sure that my pride is intact or that Bob knows what he's done wrong or correct Bob or fix Bob or whatever before everything's going to be okay. That's the lie because that lie says duality is the truth. You are not God. But the truth is I am divine beingness. Therefore, I don't have to do anything about Bob right now until I can figure out what this energy is trying to tell me. And then I'll know what to do. So it's that kind of a keto where you back away from the attacker, even if the attacker is your own thoughts, and you just back away and you say, okay, I'm just going to back away and let that fall on its face, and then I'm going to be able to sit with this and figure out what's going on. So... Now, this doesn't mean that we sit around and contemplate our navel all the time, that we uh, are always trying to figure out, you know, what, what's the real truth inside of me and let me shut the world out until I can figure that out. It's a process. It's an unfolding process and we can trust it. It will continue whether we're tuned into it or not. But the more we tune into it, of course, the, the better it gets, the more we hear but it, what it does do is it, it allows us the time to get into the synchronicity of the process so that if I feel like bopping Bob in the nose and then I want to and then I, and I sit with that, it doesn't mean I'm just going to sit still and do nothing. It means I'm going to not do the first urge, which is to go bop Bob in the nose, but I am going to uh, just say, okay, this is going to be a process I'm willing to hear. 
and I want to hear, and I'm going to go about my day, living my day, and as I'm doing that, more and more information will unfold within me because I've been willing to hear, and I might run into synchronistic information, like from a book or a calendar, a little quote on a calendar, or somebody might say something, or something might happen within me that makes me go, oh, I see. Um, all of these things are working together constantly as a process. So it's not where I have to just sit down and be still and do nothing and look at only that and not live the rest of my life until I can figure out what to do about Bob's nose. It means that I can, uh, I can trust that the process is unfolding and I'm willing to hear and, and I can trust that. Why? Because I'm divine beingness. The lie says I can't really hear my own guidance. So we're going to be back in just a minute to talk some more about this. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you dealing with a personal loss in your life? It can be just about anything, such as the loss of a partner through death or separation, something significant of value to you, the loss of a pet, or maybe something is missing in your health or wealth. Tune in to Healing from Loss with Brenda B. Host Brenda Blindenbaugh and co-host Monique McDonald are here to help you transform the loss in your life from pain to joy and move forward. Listen live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. How can you make holistic health care work for you? When you are in search of wholeness, it's time to listen to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with host Renee David Alkali. Here you will find cutting-edge information that approaches the human being as a biochemical, individual, whole person rather than as a set of isolated symptoms. Learn how it all comes together on Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life. Live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
And we're back, and I wanted to uh, give you a chance to listen to the uh, a clip from Super Soul Sunday. Uh, this coming Sunday, the 23rd, uh, Oprah and legendary actress Shirley MacLaine sit down and talk between 11 a.m., 12 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Time um, to discuss her illustrious career, her longtime interest in spirituality, and her latest book, What If? A Lifetime of Questions, Speculations, Reasonable Guesses, and a Few Things I Know for Sure. Here's that clip. Your whole life is about waking up, and only you can do that. She is a true Hollywood icon and one of my first spiritual teachers. March 23rd, the season premiere. I saw a trail, and I walked down it. Shirley MacLaine. Is there anything left for you to be afraid of? Super Soul Sunday returns March 23rd, 11 a.m., 10 Central, only here. All right, and that's coming up this Sunday, 11 a.m., 12 p.m. on OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network, Eastern and Pacific Time. And right after that, Oprah and Eckhart Tolle are going to have the first chapter of The New Earth at 12 to 1. So you want to stay tuned for that as well. And we're talking today about what it is to tell the truth. What does that mean to tell the truth? Well, what we've said thus far is it means nothing like what we thought it meant. What we thought it meant is to confess. If you tell the truth, you're going to confess to having done something bad. And if you tell the truth, you're going to tell somebody what you really think of them. And if you tell the truth, you're going to tell somebody what you really think of yourself. And if you tell the truth, you're going to um, expose yourself to their judgment. But actually, that's nothing like what the truth is about. The truth is our beingness. The truth, as we've said, is a medium of grace, and grace is who we are as divine beingness. And we are that all the time. We are never not that. We just think we aren't that. And because we think we're not that, we act as if we're not that. We think as if we're not that. We feel as if we're not that. We live as if we're not that. And therefore, we prove constantly that, yes, indeed, we are not divine beingness. But that proof um, is not actual in the same ways that we have proven things that we later had to disprove um, we uh, are in the process of disproving this theory that we are not div- and not lose uh, our ourselves in the lie um, and uh, in that process of uh, staying with truth what we've come to understand is that we are we, we, there's a process that unfolds continually. Not only is it unfolding in terms of our uh, natural ability to unfold as form that is aware of itself as formlessness, which is the grace of who we are, which is constantly active in our lives, whether we know it or not, uh, but also by a practice. We can use a practice that helps us get more in touch with the flow of that energy that is divine energy within us. And it is a process of continually unfolding, becoming aware of, of who we actually are as peace. Okay, so every time we encounter a truth that it may tell us that we have to feel ashamed of ourselves, although that's a lie. It may tell us that lie. But at the same time, it will also tell us the truth of peace. And we will feel that peace and that sense of connection that tells us that, oh, yeah, this is, this is true. Uh, 
people talk a lot about something resonating with them, and this is what they mean. They mean that it feels true inside of them. And how does it feel true? It feels true because it gives them a sense of connection with who they are as divine beingness. It feels true because it gives them a sense of, oh, yes, this is real. And reality, the reality of realness is that we are divine beingness. So, um, you know, I've, I've, and I'm sure you may have too, looked at t- things in my own life that were very painful. And yet, the willingness to look at the painful thing uh, also uh, brought up peace. And so when the peace was brought up along with the pain, I was able to go, oh, I see how this works now. I have the pain, yes, and that's very real. But uh, there's this other piece that says, yes, 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 this is truth. A door inside of me has just opened. And it's that that gets us there. This journey um, is nothing like what we tend to think it is in the Western world. We tend to think in terms of externalities, of evidentiary, of of, um, empirical data. You know, unless it can be proven scientifically, it must not be true. And there are so many things, of course, that can't ever be proven that way. And maybe one day they'll figure out a way how to prove that love exists. And there are certainly people working on that, particularly at the Heart Math Institute and uh, and uh, IONS as well. But these, what we're doing is we're in a process of trying to authenticate to the sort of plastic imperial world that the real world really does exist (laughs) it's really funny but it is the way it is and so there are so many of us that think in those terms and that think in terms of um, random events that all of life is just made up of a bunch of random events and that um, that's just how it is and there's no rhyme or reason to it and we're just here and we're just going to do what we can while we're here and then we're going to go and then we'll be dust and that'll be that and okay that i'm I don't have a problem with that belief at all. And, and as a matter of fact, in, um, in some part of my brain, I can actually go, yeah, that, that fits. But on the other side of that, there is a reality that s- screams of something deeper, screams it. I mean, looking at the, the stillness of nature, looking at the power of how, we, how, the, how everything sort of coalesces into this grand organized schemata that is just incredible – that you know the odds of that happening as random a bunch of random events would be so great as to knock every sweepstakes out of the water so uh you know is there a, an order to the universe i believe absolutely that there is some people call that god i call it divine um but whatever you call it there is some kind of order to the universe and even if you, if you want to call it randomness, if that randomness has ended up in this grand uh, organized schemata, then it's order. So uh, when we think of in terms of, of how that works um, uh, for our own lives, it is the same exact thing. There is an organized center to our beingness that is orchestrating our lives around its energy all the time. So it is never not active. It is always doing its thing as grace, and it's very, very powerful. So it is always operating. We can ignore it and ignore it and ignore it and ignore it, but it's always operating. And ultimately, it will get us to where we're supposed to go in a particular incarnation. So there is not one single failed life 
on this planet ever, no, not ever, regardless of what it looked like, regardless of how horrific or evil it looked, that life was not failed because something happened in that life that that person can carry with them into the next life to evolve to an even greater understanding of who he or she is as divine beingness. So um, when we look at people like Hitler and um, the current masters of genocide, we, we tend to, um, to just go, well, that's evil. And when we do that, what we're doing is just basically putting that in a little box and we don't have to think about it anymore. That's evil. Now I'm done with that. Let's move on. I don't know what else to think. I don't know how to think about it. It's too big for me to try to put in my little uh, heart. And so I'm just not going there. It's evil. Be done. Over. But actually, um, that person is carrying a shadow material for all of us. Every one of us is involved in every action on this planet. There's not a single time when we're then when when that when oneness is not operator operative, so um, that energy that is is so devastating for us to uh, look at, uh, like the things that happened at nine eleven, those things are so horrific for us to imagine that we can't call it anything but evil, and yet it is something more than evil. It is giving us a gift. And the gift runs much deeper than even a single lifetime can contain. Even all the lifetimes that were lost on that day. Um, that gift has something to do with who we are as divine beingness. And that does not take away the passion and the power and the poignancy and the horrendousness of that event. But it does say there's something else going on here that can be beneficial to us if we look at it, if we take its message. So in this, if that's the global context. From an from a individual context, that same thing exists no matter what it is that I do. And I'm not saying we should just go out and do willy-nilly and, you know, whatever. Well, because it doesn't really matter. There's no bad or good, so let me just go kill some people. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that... Um, our actions that have been an attempt to identify with something other than who we are, those very actions have come from an identification with something other than who we are. And that is the lie. The truth is that we are divine beingness. So I can look back at those actions and I can say, oh, that's evil. I'm a horrible person. Let me go confess that. And maybe if I confess it, I'll at least feel better. And then I think I've told the truth and that's all I have to do. And then I haven't. I haven't come close to the truth yet. The truth is that the lie that created those deeds in me is the one that tells me, that accuses me of not being divine. And the truth is that I'm a divine being and I have the power to take that same energy that was quote-unquote evil or bad or negative and turn it into a, a, a powerful force for divine essence. Because that's what it is. It already is that. I just learned how to use it as that. Okay? I just used it in a way that went along with my identification. Now I can use it as a way that goes along with my identification with divine beingness. So it's all about the practice of being able to trust, first, that there is a very powerful central organizing feature in my life that is already orchestrating my continual awareness of who I am as a divine being. Um, so that's already working. It's always working. And if I keep my eyes open, it's going to 
sort of put me in the flow of that, and I will just constantly be in that synchronistic flow where I'm, I'm always becoming more and more aware of who I am as a divine being. That doesn't mean that I will suddenly just, you know, not not have any uh, quote-unquote negative feelings or anything. It just, But it does mean that I'll be constantly in the flow of becoming more aware of who I am as a divine being. Um, and, and so that I can trust that that's always operative. And I can bring in a practice. And the practice is to be able to stay in tune with what's going on inside of me. And I don't have to stop my day. I don't have to stop my routine. I don't have to stop living in order to make that happen. I just have to say, okay, I'm ready to hear the answer. I'm willing for you to come forward and tell me what, you're, what you've come here to tell me. And I want you to make it clear enough so that I can get it. And I'm going to trust that I'm going to get that answer. And usually when I do that, I have the answer within about three days. Sometimes if it's a bigger answer, it takes longer. But I'm willing to wait and just see and be open to what, what it is that's coming up next in terms of its synchronistic value to, to give me information that I need in order to be more aware of who I am as a divine being. So that's it for today. Um, next Wednesday, we're going to be talking to Dr. Larry Dossey. I'm really excited about this interview. He's got a book coming up, so be here for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.